0: According to Steve Sarkeesian, Texas might get Quinn Ewers back this week, and so we'll talk about the Texas quarterback situation. And honestly, how much does it matter? Plus, TCU has a few wide receivers out as well. We'll update you on that and more next. It's locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are locked on Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also find us wherever it is you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, wherever it is you listen uh, in audio variety. Please subscribe on those platforms as well. You can rate and review the show. I'm at Simcock Steven on Twitter. The show is at Locked on TCU. And we have updates from both Steve Sarkeesian and Sonny Dykes as TC prepares to take on Texas under the lights at AMG G. Carter Stadium 630 kickoff. On Saturday night. So I said on Monday that I would assume Malik Murphy would end up being the starter for the Longhorns, but later on on Monday in the afternoon, apparently uh, that changed a little bit. Quinn Ewers was listed uh, by Steve Sarkeesian as day-to-day. He's been practicing, he's been throwing in practice, um, so he might be back this week. And so I wanted to look quickly at You know, where Texas is at the quarterback position and how both guys have done this year. Um, Quinn Evers has had a really good season, and I would imagine that he has uh, a lot of motivation to play well in this game if he does end up being the guy for Texas. Uh, because last season when they played TCU, that was that was like the low moment of the Quinn Evers era. I mean, TCU sold out to stop BJ Robinson, Uh, they did it really well, and You know, Ewers had opportunities to hit Xavier Worthy especially deep and couldn't do it. Um, He turned the ball over a few times, couldn't convert some fourth downs, and the Frogs ended up winning that game 17-10. to And Texas did not score an offensive touchdown. It was, you know, the high watermark of the Joe Gillespie era, um, and we kind of all know how things have gone since then for the TCU defense. But it was also sort of the low moment for Uh, When you at UT, I mean, this was a chance for them to get a huge signature win. They were seven-point favorites going into that game, Um, and he just couldn't find a way to push the ball down the field. Had some inconsistency throughout the season last year in his first full year as a starter, but this season has been really effective. I mean, his worst game was against Oklahoma, but his completion percentage in that ballgame was still incredible, 31 of 37, 346 yards. The issue was he threw two interceptions, um, one touchdown but two picks. So two of those misses that he had, two of those incompletions, went to the other team. Uh, But against Kansas, 25 of 33 for for 325 and a touchdown um, against Baylor, 18 of 23 uh, with a touchdown for 293 yards. Alabama, 24 of 38, 349 yards, three touchdowns. That was his biggest game of the year. Uh, The tide forced him to throw the football, and he did it effectively. I was able to push the ball downfield and make big plays vertically. But I think what you'll notice as I kind of run down his stat line is that Texas isn't asking him to throw the ball 40 times a game, right? Like, I think his most attempts this year – let me get back to this page so I can get it right – it was that thirty-eight against Alabama, and obviously they had more trouble running against the the Tides defense than anyone else because of how physical that defense is. But Texas is at their best when they run the football, and really it's been the same story with Malik Murphy. He was 19-37 to for 248 against Kansas State, one touchdown, two picks, uh, 16-25 with two touchdowns and a pick against BYU. But they are going to be most effective when they're running the football. Jonathan Brooks, um, who took over for – for Bijan John Robinson, this, this offseason, 166 carries, already over a 1,000 yards, with 1,035, averaging 6.2 yards per carry and eight touchdowns. They also have C.J. Baxter is kind of their change of pace back, 69 carries, 329 yards, almost five yards a carry, and three touchdowns. So they are most effective when they're running the football. But this offense is loaded. They have skill guys all over the place. Xavier Worthy is having – a huge breakout season. This has really been his most complete year as a wide receiver, four touchdowns, 49 receptions, 620 yards. Uh, Adonai Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia, 37 receptions for 576 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, and then the big guy in the middle, Jatavian Sanders, their tight end, 22 catches, 378 yards and a touchdown. And they also have Jordan Whittington from Cuero, who is an exciting explosive player. Um, he hasn't had as many opportunities this year because of, you know, the emergence of it at Adonai Mitchell. um, But he's been fantastic all year long as well. And so bottom line is, regardless of who's playing QB for UT, they're going to have opportunities to make plays. And it's really more about starting by running the ball successfully. And I would expect against a TCU defense that has struggled, especially lately against the run, um, they're going to run downhill right at these guys and, and try to run around the edge until TCU finds a way to stop it and forces them to throw the football, but where Quinn has excelled is by protecting the football. I, I told you about that one loss this year against OU, two interceptions in that ball game, um, only six incompletions, but turn the ball over twice. And that and one interception against Kansas is, are the only times he's turned the ball over this year, three interceptions in uh, let's see, seven games. Seven games this year, that Houston game, he didn't finish it, but he was playing really well before he ended up getting injured. So Quinn has done a much better job of taking care of the football. And then Malik Murphy, he threw a pick against BYU, had a couple interceptions against Kansas State that um, one of them was really bad, like was kind of rolling one way through across his body, just a, a mistake by him. But he has struggled a little bit and has shown the, the tendency, as, as a lot of young quarterbacks do, to turn the ball over. And so that's going to be one huge key. If you can find a way, if, if it does end up being Murphy, because Kansas State, honestly, like they got dominated in a lot of phases of that game, but the turnovers kept them in it. You know, they, they forced two interceptions. They had a fumble that they recovered um, in plus territory and were able to capitalize on a short field. I think the next play, actually, they scored on a, t- a play-action touchdown pass. Um, down the seam, and so that was how they were able to combat, you know, what UT was doing um, on offense and defense that day was by flipping the field and creating opportunities with turnovers, so it matters to an extent because Murphy um, is prone to turn the ball over, and I don't think they have you know, the consistency with the vertical passing game that they've had with Quinn, not because of lack of ability, but just because Murphy hasn't had as much time to work with these wide receivers, even though this will be his third full game if he does end up starting um, against TCU. But the the key in my mind is you have to find a way to slow down the run game first. But the reason that it's so tough to do that is because they have these weapons on the outside. And so you, you can't just hone in on Brooks and, I mean, last season, that's what TCU did. Against B. John Robinson, like, they sold out to stop the running game. It helped that they had two amazing corners. They still have one in Josh Newton. But in Josh Newton and, and Travis Hodges Tomlinson, who could live, you know, on an island um, and, and be effective and play well. But they had the corners to, to be able to, to play at a high level, even, you know, when the numbers weren't matched up correctly. Uh, but you're going to have to find a way to slow down the run game first. But Quinn Ewers could be available – this football game, so we'll have to watch as the week goes on and progresses and see where we're at with that. Um, Sunday Dykes also held his press conference on Tuesday, and so he talked about the team and a couple things that stood out. One is he uh, he said that um, Josh Hoover is expected to start. Their Chandler continues to get healthier. They're going to evaluate him towards the end of the year. I, th- I think I asked Matt this question in the post-game show. And I was sort of like, you know, which way do you go? Does it really matter? Both guys have struggled to be effective. But as I've thought about this more, um, I, I really lean towards giving Josh the rest of the season. And it's not so much because of what Chandler hasn't done. It's just the fact that, like, your team's struggling uh, and you got a young guy in here. Give him opportunities. Give him reps and just sort of see where he's at. Like, give him the chance. You know, he made some big-time throws against Texas Tech. Now, he's also very inaccurate and threw some interceptions. But at least you have like a full game of film where you can sit down with him and and look at things and say, okay, where do you know where we make mistakes? Where do we see ways that we could be better? Um and, and you can continue that development against Texas, even though it's gonna be a really tough matchup against a team that uh, can do a lot of things so well. But you you have that chance to say, okay, here's here's what they do well, here's what they can um expose us with and, and how do we combat that? And so Josh is going to get the start. He's expected to be the guy and Chandler Morris will be available if needed, but it sounds like, you know, I guess we'll see what happens during the Baylor week. Maybe they decide to, to make that change, but I think with three more games remaining, you just kind of see where you're at with the young guy and allow him um, to get out there and get some valuable experience as the year continues to go on. He also said that Dalen Wright, Jack Besh and Warren Thompson will all be out with injury? So I assume, you know, Savion Williams, J.P. Richardson, and Jalen Robinson will be your starters at wide receiver. Uh, and based on how the games have gone, I think Blake Knoll will be the guy that kind of works in there with Robinson. Um, Cordell Russell is actually listed at third on the depth chart uh, behind Robinson and Knoll for what it's worth. So maybe we start to see some of him. Um, I think he's played in two games this year, so you can still get two more games under his belt, without you know burning that red shirt, um, and give him some opportunities. Maybe this week would be a good chance to allow that. Since you're banged up at wide receiver, but yeah, I mean, I feel for Dalen Wright and Jack Besh. You know, both those guys have been dealing with injuries um, all year long. Don't know exactly the severity of it, but both players have been banged up, and they're both players that TCU thought could be contributors for them this year, and it just hasn't it hasn't come to fruition. And so we'll see. Um, what happens over the next few weeks, but they will not be available uh, in the game on Saturday against Texas. And, again, that's a 6:30 30 kick uh, on ABC as the Frogs will get uh, get a chance to play on national television in what has been a tough year. But an upset would be, you know, huge if they could find a way to pull it off. When we come back, uh, Big 12 whip around. We'll take a look at the Big 12. And also, um, Darius Davis had a great moment last night, and I'll talk to you about how between him and Kevontae Turpin, TC was kind of finding – a niche for players in the NFL. That's coming up here on Lockdown Horned Frogs. All right. Everybody wants to make money, right? Like that's that's what we're all about here. If you're trying to find ways to get some cash, especially during football season, you love sports. You see it on YouTube here. FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. They have an offer going on right now $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. So you simply go to fanDuel.com slash Lockdown, you make a $5 money line bet. And win or lose, you automatically get $150 in bonus bets. That's free money that you get to work with. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Uh, You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And they have a super convenient and easy app to use. That's not hard to navigate, and that you can you know find exactly what kind of wagers you need to make. Visit fanduel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL, fanduel.com slash lockdown. $5 money line bet gets you $150 in bonus bets. They also have a safe and easy to use app that you can download today. Fanduel, sponsor here of the Lockdown Network, and official betting partner of the NFL. I want to get to. Um, a big 12 whip around in a minute where we sort of, we, we break down, okay, what happened across the big 12 landscape and in the football world on Saturday. But I did want to take a moment to talk about something that happened on Monday night football last night. So the chargers are playing the jets. Uh, Chargers go on and they win that football game and Darius Davis wasn't active in the passing game, but he did have a punt return for a touchdown, 87 yard punt return for a touchdown. That was the first touchdown of the ball game. Um, you know, really got the team going. And he's had a, a pretty awesome year for for San Diego – or for L.A., excuse me, the L.A. Chargers, both returning punts and kickoffs, only two attempts on kickoffs, but punt returns, 14 attempts, 232 yards, one touchdown, had that 87-yarder last night, also took one back in the preseason. And they, they are at times giving him opportunities on the offensive side of the football, um, eight catches for 38 yards. He also has seven – rushes for 75 yards. I know, I think when they are playing the Raiders this year, yeah, it was the Raiders because it was Trayvon Merrick who uh, tackled him and brought him down. He was lined up in the backfield early in the game, and he took a a handoff and kind of worked his way and picked his way and ran for a lot of yards. They've been using him on those like jet sweep kind of pop passes um, and also giving him the ball in space. So Davis has been fantastic and I said before, the combine, I was like, I I hope it works out for Darius. I know it's going to be kind of tough because he's going to have to fight, you know, the stigma of is he only a speed guy? Is he only somebody that you can use on special teams because he doesn't have a lot of size? But you can obviously see that the coaching staff there, um, for the Chargers. They trust him. They want to get him involved not only in the special teams game but on offense, and he finally broke one for a touchdown. And it got me thinking, and I saw this kind of going out yesterday on Twitter, like, is TCU returner you? Because Kevontae Turpin is having another really good season for the Cowboys. He made the Pro Bowl last year as a special teams ace, Um, And he's done everything except take one back for a touchdown in the kickoff and punt return game. He had a great return on a kickoff against the Eagles after they scored on their opening drive and set the Cowboys up to go score. This year uh, on punts, um, or excuse me, last season on punts, he had 303 yards. And along with 52, he's had a 63-yard kickoff return this year. He's had 21 attempts and 508 yards. Um, and they've got him more involved in the receiving game as well. Seven receptions for 69 yards with the most important status, two touchdowns, had a touchdown against San Francisco earlier this year and also had a touchdown against the Eagles in the last game where he caught the ball in the red zone. And so they're also finding ways to get him involved in the run game and in the pass game, getting in the ball in space and just allowing him to be a playmaker. And, I, I mean, I would think like Cavante and, and Darius are the two most successful receivers – in the NFL at TCU has has sent out there since uh, since Jeremy Curley, I guess. I mean, Quentin Johnson hasn't made much noise yet. You know, book is still okay to be written on him, but it's been a disappointing start for QJ. Uh, He's a He's in a loaded receiver room. There's a lot of reasons for it. Bottom line is he just hasn't been super productive as a player to this point. Um, And and so we'll see where he goes from here. But uh, Josh Doxson and Jalen Rager had had their struggles and ended up you know, really being regarded as bust, if we're being honest. Rager is still playing with the Patriots. Um, unfortunately, I had a big drop this week, but he's he's making waves around the NFL. He's been with the Eagles and the Vikings, and now in New England. I might have missed a stop in there somewhere. Um, but Davis and Turpin have have found their niche as guys. That can return punch, return kicks, and can also make plays um, on offense from time to time. And it was really encouraging to see Darius take one back for a touchdown uh, in that Monday night football game on a national stage. And, you know, the guys that locked on Chargers are excited about him. Okay, so let's get to the Big 12 Whip Around. We do this every Tuesday. It's your look at what happened in the rest of the Big 12. Um... UCF, they take down Cincinnati 28-26. Cincinnati's still looking for their first Big 12 win. The Knights get their first Big 12 win. They're now four and five on the season and one and five in Big 12 play. Uh RJ Harvey at 164 yards, rushing for UCF, almost nine yards carry and three touchdowns. John Rise Plumley is back and healthy. Uh pretty pedestrian sat line, 13-23 for 165 yards, no touchdowns, but um he they just use that running game to be effective, and UCF gets a Big 12 win. Uh, West Virginia, they had no trouble with BYU, 37-7 to 7 win. I can't make much sense of BYU. I mean, I guess I can. I just don't think they're a very good football team. They're, they've got two Big 12 wins, and one of them was against uh, Cincinnati. The other one was against a uh, Jake Strong-led Texas Tech team, which looks very different than a Baron Morton-led Texas Tech team. As TCU can attest to that by what happened on Thursday night, um, but Mountaineers still being really effective on the defensive side of the football and Shaheem White, 16 carries for 146 yards, CJ Donaldson, 14 carries for 102 yards. And so again, another team that got it done on the ground, they continue to roll a uh, really good season for Neil Brown. I mean, they're not going to be, they've lost two games now. I don't see them being a team that can make it to Arlington, but they were picked to finish 14th in the Big 12, and they certainly haven't done that. They found a system that works for them. Um, Houston beats Baylor 25-24 in overtime. Cougars go for two in overtime to win that ball game. Donovan Smith uh keeps it himself and gets in the end zone. And so Houston's now two and four in Big 12 play. Baylor is as well. Baylor three and six now on the season. I believe the Bears get K-State this week. Another pretty Uninspiring performance by Baylor at home, um, not really working for Dave Aranda's club right now. Nice win for uh, Dana Holgerson in Houston, though, at least you know another Big Twelve win that they can stack now. And uh, gave up a, a drive for to Baylor to tie that ball game, but then they come back and win it in overtime with that big two point conversion. I uh, Kansas knocks off Iowa State, twenty eight to twenty one. Jayhawks are now four and two on Big Twelve play. Jason Bean continues to be the guy as. Uh, um, Jalen Daniels deals with an injury. He had 287 yards passing and a touchdown. And, yeah, they beat Iowa State in AMs, which is a huge win on a cold night. Uh, nice, nice game for Kansas. I talked about that Texas and K-State game earlier, but Texas wins in overtime. Kansas State went for it on fourth and goal, or I think the four-yard line, to try to go win that ball game. Um, just couldn't do it. Texas turned the ball over a couple times in the second half and, and gave Kansas State short fields, but we're still able to recover and win that football game. Tough, gritty win for a Texas team with their backup quarterback against Kansas State who was coming in as the hottest team in the Big 12 going into uh, going into that football game. And then finally, um, Oklahoma State over Oklahoma, 27-24. Last Bedlam for the foreseeable future. Ollie Gordon, you know, fights through some injuries there in the second half, has 137 yards rushing on 33 carries. Um, And Alan Bowman has been a studying presence. Oklahoma State, their last three games are against UCF Cincinnati. And I believe they close out the season with Houston. They have the inside track to get to Arlington right now. What an amazing turnaround for Mike Gundy's team. And I know Oklahoma State fans were excited that they were able to, uh, you know, get that last win and get bragging rights in what many are calling um the final bedlam game we we could ever see at least in the football ranks. When we come back, we'll talk about TCU basketball, both the men and women got a victory yesterday. That's coming up here in on lockdown on Fronts. Game time app, it's where you need to go, go to get tickets. There's all kinds of sporting events going on right now, college football and college basketball. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time's a fast and easy way to buy tickets, not just for sports, also music, comedy, and more. They have killer last-minute deals, all in prices, and you can see exactly where your seat is going to be, what type of view you're going to have when you open up the app. App is really easy to use. Uh, the tickets go right to your phone. You don't have to wonder, okay, do I have to go to my wallet? Do I have to go to my email? Nope, they just go right there to your phone. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Um, buy tickets in a couple seconds with just two taps of a the button. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have flash deals and sponsored deals for tickets for football, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code College for $20 off your first purchase. Again, just download that Game Time app, create an account, use that code Lockdown College, and get $20 off your first purchase. Term supply. Uh, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. TCU men's and women's basketball. Both teams get victories. Um, in last night's games, and both teams really looked impressive and looked pretty smooth with a lot of new players on the floor and a lot of new faces um, just in in huge spots. Both teams looked like they had a pretty good sense of what they wanted to do and were able to do it effectively. The men winning at Southern 108-75, to 75, uh, and it was really a team effort a lot of guys scored. Um, your leading scorer in the basketball game, though, was Micah Peavy, who got the start at one of the guard spots, 21 points on 10 of 13 shooting. Um, and I, I said this before, you know, the season. I was like, you know, if Micah can find himself being more consistent with the jump shot. He's going to be a really special player because he plays such good defense and really affects the game in a lot of ways. His jump shot wasn't super effective yesterday. Over 2 from 3, 1 of 3 from the free throw line, actually airball the free throw on his first attempt, which is not ideal. But he was really confident putting the ball on the deck and getting to the rim. And he basically did that anytime he wanted. Also got some points in transition, finished around the rim well, um, had an and one at one point where he you know went left, took the contact, put it off the glass and put it in. And so he looked a lot more confident on the opposite side of the ball. I still want to see him develop more consistency shooting the basketball because teams are going to force him to prove that he can hit those open jumpers. Uh, but still found a way to be effective even though he wasn't perfect and was super efficient, 10 of 13 from the floor. Uh, Jameer Nelson, Jr. was really smooth, 14 points on six of eight from the field, <clears throat> uh, had a step back three at one point. That looked great. Uh, Jacoby Coles is somebody that I kind of forgot about, honestly. Like, I think with all the newcomers, I forgot just how good he was last year. 17 points on five of nine shooting, um, hit a couple threes, had, You know, had a couple moments where I went to the basket and looked effective, The team overall did great. There was one stretch in about midway through the first half where they had some bench guys out there and Southern came out and they were trapping and pressing um, and turned the ball over like six times in that stretch. And and you can't do that. Right. And it was lazy passes. It wasn't really understanding fully what they needed to do against the press to be effective. Um, So that was discouraging. But after that they were honestly great. And uh, shot the three a lot better tonight. Um, Greg, who, who listens to the show, he emailed me and he was talking about just how good they were shooting the basketball. Uh, Trey Tennyson knocked down some threes. Um, he was three of five from three point land with 13 points. Uh, Avery Anderson shot the ball well. He looked good. He was three of four, or he was two of four from three overall, 43% from beyond the arc, uh, 10 to 23 on the day. Emmanuel Miller, not his best night. He only had nine points. Um, and he dealt with some foul trouble. So did Ernest Duday who actually didn't record in a point in the night. He only played 13 minutes, though. <clears throat> but a much deeper front court. Uh, Chuck O'Bannon came in and had some good minutes. He played good defense, eventually fouled out, unfortunately. But um, he had an offense rebound and a putback. Um, he made some plays for the team. So this is a deep basketball team. And I think they have a lot of different guys that can go make things happen. I like what I saw from them. Jamie Dixon did say, I saw Jamie Plunkett from Horn Frog Blitz mention this. He said in his post game comments, he wasn't happy with the defense. And especially in the first half, they did struggle defensively. Now Southern also hit some tough shots. Um, they hit a couple tough threes. They had, you know, a couple guys that hit like tough follow-away jumpers in the high post. Um, and, and so you can't always do stuff about that, but the rotations were sloppy weren't always there when they needed to be. And so, yeah, you're gonna have to clean that up. Uh, they play Omaha on Thursday night, and that'll be game two for the frogs. But overall, I think, you know, they struggled early in the season last year as so everybody was kind of meshing and coming together against some of those lesser opponents. But like I said, aside from that kind of rough stretch to begin the game, they were outstanding and dominated throughout. And, the TCU women, they beat Oral Roberts 76-56 to 56 yesterday afternoon. That game was a 4 o'clock start. Uh, your leading scorer was Madison Carter. Uh, Connor, excuse me, 30 points in 28 minutes, 9-19 um, from the field and 6-13 from three. And she uh, broke a record for most points in the TCU debut with 30. I said yesterday Sedona Prince and, and Jaden Owens were going to be kind of the leaders on this team. And Owens only had four points. She did have seven assists, though. Um, Prince had 15 points on the night and 10 rebounds so she had a double-double but it was really Connor that that took the lead and this team can score they're going to shoot the three a lot and they can do a lot of things well they're going to be a fun team to watch so both TCU men's and women's basketball start the season with victories love coverage of those teams all season long we'll have more coverage of Texas tomorrow this is Locked On Horn Frogs it's your team every day